Welcome to the 1000 Hours Outside podcast. My name is Ginny Urich. I'm the founder of 1000 Hours Outside and couldn't be more honored to have Lana Stenner back with us today. Lana has got the most adorable content you have ever seen with goats and ducklings and flowers and all of the things always inspiring, but you have such a deeper message too about really that struggle with wanting to have a simpler life and how even if you become like a simple homesteader and then people want to know about it, then that <laughs> then that pulls you right back into the hustle. This is a, a tricky thing that we're grappling with, but welcome. Thank you so much for being here for a second time. Yes. What an honor. I just, I love what you're doing and I am just so excited to be here. No, I'm so thrilled to have you. So last time we talked about your beautiful book, The Grace-Filled Homestead, your books are beautiful and you have your podcast, The Grace-Filled Grit Podcast, so many episodes that are really meaningful and you have this couple decades of experience of moving out into the country and crafting a very beautiful life and enjoying all of the beautiful things like when the ducklings will swim in the sink and there's flower petals and it's just fun. But really you you have a depth to what you do in terms of wanting to help families to slow down and to be there and to savor the moment. And you have a new cookbook coming out and it will be out by the time this podcast airs called The Grace-Filled Homestead Cookbook, Garden Fresh Recipes Celebrating Food, Family, and the Farm. It is stunning. Here's the thing. Sometimes I'm like, how could people come up? There's so many cookbooks. I'm like, how could people come up with something? But this is, I was like wide-eyed with this one. The cutest ideas in this one that are completely unique. I'd never seen them before. I was like, how does she do it? So huge congrats on a wonderful cookbook. Even right from the beginning, the first page has got the little chick. <laughs> I mean, right from the very beginning. <laughs> so the photos are just darling, but the recipes are really cool. Can you talk us through, you wrote the Grace Filled Homestead book. And, you know, one thing I know leads to another a lot of times with writing books, but why a cookbook? Why was that your next choice? Yeah, well, we did the uh, Grace Filled Homestead, which did have about 10 recipes in it each chapter you know if we had a chapter about bees we had a recipe in the back of that that had honey in it that type of thing and we're just you know we're a big family over here and we're all about the food everything is about food around here so if we're growing something it has to be something that we like all of our fruits and vegetables you know we stopped if there was a vegetable that no one was eating i'm not gonna grow it we are really all about doing that farm fresh stuff and simplicity too. I mean, there are times where we do this big, huge recipe and it's all ornate for someone's birthday or a holiday. But a lot of times, you know, it is just something that you want simply to gather the people. And our really, our message is spending time around, you know, the table, outdoor eating. We love entertaining outdoors and just getting the family together. And it's all about the simplicity of it and what we talked about before we pushed record here is you can make those judgments with your family and those decisions and those pivots to really change your lifestyle and we did that about 20 years ago we left corporate america and we moved out we have to live in kansas city limits because my husband's a fireman but we we live on the line <laughs> and so we have this tiny tiny little farm here, but we really wanted to do the simple life. And as we were just talking, you can make those choices and you can go down that path. 
And then sometimes it starts raining you back in and you have to be very careful if you get into this online space and you're doing podcasts and social media and books and those types of things, you really have to have strong boundaries to make sure that what you have planned for your family and you've curated that you don't lose it. And so I'm kind of in the middle of that right now, walking that balance beam, trying to be authentic, keep things simple, and yet share what we're doing. I feel like, aren't we all, aren't we all walking that balance beam? Yes. (laughs) Yes. This cookbook is stinking delightful. I I mean, like I said, you know, it's like, there's so many cookbooks out there and I and I didn't know what to expect. Obviously, your other book was so beautiful and I was blown away by this one. It's it's going to be just one of my absolute favorites. I adore it. The Grace-Filled Homestead Cookbook. And I was thinking, mm-hmm. you know, it's a different type of topic, right? You know, you get podcasts and you talk about, like we had talked last time, you had just different health things. And, you know, we were talking about a lot of the concepts in the Grace-Filled Homestead, but not the cookbook. And we were talking about those different concepts. And then you're like, well, you know, what do we talk about when it comes to a cookbook? And so you know, it's broken up. You broke yours up. It's really neat to see how people break their cookbooks up. Yours is broken up into seasons. And I thought, well, hey, I'll grab like one recipe per season and we can just mm-hmm. talk about that. And then I <laughs> couldn't decide because there were so many cute things in there. <laughs> like, so, but I, I do, I will, let's walk through the seasons because people listen to these podcasts at all different times of the year. And I think oh, sure. what your cookbook does is it really furthers that message that you say at the on right on page one that cooking is not a chore but a gift. Mm-hmm. This cookbook reminds you of that. Like this is a gift. This is really fun. Mm-hmm. So we talk about the spring and spring is hard. Like for us, we're always trying to prep the gardens and we've always messed up in the fall. So things are overgrown and it's busy, right? People are doing spring cleaning and we're trying to really prepare for a big season to come of harvest and things like that. And so Mm-hmm. Let's start with the chocolate dirt cupcakes. Oh, <laughs> that's one of my favorites too. I'm glad you picked that one. <laughs> oh, I've never seen them. Tell us the unique yes. twist that you have on these. Yeah, well, and that one, the fun of that is, I mean, and again, if you don't want to cook mm-hmm. your cupcakes, you can still make that. I mean, if, if you're on a season where it's like, okay, I need to bring this to my kids field day at school or whatever, you can buy the chocolate cupcakes. I mean, we like to cook our own, but the the kicker to that one is it's in a little clay terracotta pot, a tiny little two inch pot. You just put the cupcake down inside of it. You ice it with our chocolate icing there. And then it's crumbled up Oreos on top that look like dirt. And then we go find an edible flower and stick it in there with a little piece of mint or something and it, it's you know it's so basic the concept's so basic but whenever you bring that it just feels so extra special and the kiddos just love it i used to bring this kind of in a different form to my kiddos things at school that they were doing and i would do it in a big container and i would go buy a new little hand shovel and that would be what I scooped it out in. And I would put little gummy worms on the dirt <laughs> and the kids would just go crazy for it. So it's just one of those, it's a really a basic, simple recipe, but you're just taking it up a notch and it makes the kids so excited. And well, and the adults excited too. <laughs> well, I mean, that is such a cool idea to serve it with a shovel. 
How fun. How memorable. I remember when we first started gardening yeah. and I was looking for terracotta pots. And I remember seeing that you could buy in bulk little two inch ones or little three inch ones. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that they made small ones. And so what yes. a fun thing. So this is a great cookbook for parties. This is in the spring section, but if you had a birthday party any time of the year, yes, in the middle of the summer, in the middle of garden season, in the middle of winter, you know, you're you're wanting to remember that spring is coming, mm-hmm. that you could take this idea and use it for any type of a party. It's really a special one. I loved that. So all in the spring section, there are a lot of recipes with edible flowers. So you have the skyscraper mm. shake. I mean, there's drinks in here. This is really, really, really fun. I had to, um, Aww, I had to you. keep myself from basically writing down every single one. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fun, and I do love edible flowers. It's a thing mm-hmm. that we've kind of gotten into over the last four or five years, and um, you know, I always knew that there were flowers that you could eat. But almost all of them. I mean, of course you want, we do have an edible flower freebie out there. So, because you want to identify them, you want to make sure, especially if you're out foraging them out in the wild, if you're not growing them yourself, and it's just like mushrooms, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm trying to really dig in and know what I'm doing with mushrooms. I'm, I'm not as far on that one yet, but you really, you want to be careful and make sure you're getting something that is edible and have pictures and identify them. But there are so, it's surprising how many flowers that are common flowers are edible. Of course, you know, you want to make sure they're organic or you're foraging them out in the wild, but they just like we talked about with the cupcakes, it just brings it up a notch. And a lot of times it's a little garnish. A lot of times it's baked in. I know right now I have a newer recipe out that is, you know, lilac scones. And so it's baked in. You can't, you can taste them, but it's not a super strong flavor. Um, and it, then we use them as the garnish. Uh, so there's just so many uh, violas, pansies, daisies, echinacea. There's just a list a mile long of all these things. Red buds, we have that shake in there in the spring. That's what's so fun because these really early flowers that, you know, you're over here, we're in Kansas City. And so it's super cold. We have frigid winters. So by the time that March and April hit and we see those lilacs and we see those red buds, it's like, it's a party over here. We just want to do everything we can and they don't last very long. So it forces you to slow down with the chores, stop the garden work and go make this lilac donut because next week they may not be there on that little bush. Wow. So um, I do love the seasonal aspect Mm -hmm. that it forces you to stop Mm -hmm. and really be in the moment, which is so hard for us to do because there's a million Mm -hmm. things to do every day. Um, But I love that about it. Well, and I think it reminds you too that time is passing. There's that, right? Like if you don't notice that Mm -hmm. this comes and goes, and it's only there that's how it is for us we're in michigan the strawberries two weeks that's it it's a two-week season it comes and goes and throughout that harvest season the spring and the summer it comes and goes and i think it reminds you of what you know i only have a countable amount of opportunities to do this to do this with my kids to do this just in my life in general and so that makes it exciting it's like what those people some people keep track of like the firsts so they'll keep track of like when was the first time i saw a daffodil when was the first time I saw the leaves and and they keep track of it year after year and it helps you 
to notice that time is passing. Mm-hmm. It's like that gentle reminder. Mm, that's a good idea. Yes, that's a good idea to do that. So then you can kind of plan for it. Yeah, and then you can be excited. You know that it's coming. You have an idea of about when it's coming. And I think that by doing these little extra special touches, wow, do you make yourself memorable? Like those kids are going to remember that they got served food from a shovel mm-hmm. because that's maybe their only time. Right. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> And you have to remind the parents if they're around that it is clean and it's new because they'll freak out. <laughs> right, right. We know you get a little extra dirt on there. It's like it's good for you, right? Whatever. Yeah, a little protein. It's good. <laughs> but these little special things. And when you talk about this red bud skyscraper shake, which is such a cute photo, all the photos are absolutely delightful. It's got all these straws coming out and it's so pretty. But you talk in there about your great grandma. Yeah, yeah and things that she liked to serve. So tell us about your great grandma Rose. Yeah, well, in grandma Rose, she loved Neapolitan ice cream. And when she would cut it, it was the oddest thing ever because she would open up the box and it'd be this, you know, the standard square box and the Neapolitan has the strawberry, vanilla and chocolate kind of in these and she would slice it. So you know, it's so different than, you know, normally you scoop it out in this little round ball and she would slice it. So it's just a special thing with the whole family. And they just know if you're eating Neapolitan ice cream, you better open up that dang box and you better slice it just like she did. And so this is kind of just a nod to her. Most of the things in the book have, you know, a special story or they came from, you know, we have several different grandma recipes in there and it just makes it so special to the family. Mm -hmm. And it reminds you that it doesn't have to be anything overly spectacular in order to be memorable, in order to be in a book, maybe after you're gone, you you don't even know why, you know, you think like, what is it about me that might be in a book in, you know, in generations Mm -hmm. to come? Well, you sliced the ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) The ice cream, a strange way, but it was so memorable. And it is, it makes everyone just stop and have a moment where uh, this is extra special. Yes, this is, you know, a couple dollar box of ice cream, um, but it makes it extra special because you open it up and you slice it a different way. And then now, you know, we're making shakes out of it. And the thing I do love about that recipe is it's a shake, you know, you make it in your blender and there's all kinds of different things, whatever you like, if you like chocolate or if you like different kinds of flavors, but you make it up and we've also done it as a shamrock shake as well. It's so good. And we just pour it in a clean, huge flour vase, put six straws in it, and then the whole family can kind of sit around and, you know, you don't have your individual shakes, but as a family, you're sitting there, you know, and then of course the brothers are, you know, knocking each other's hats off and goofing around or whatever. Um, But it just makes it extra special. Like, okay, this is skyscraper night. We're doing, you know, the big shake in a vase. So there's just several pieces that make it extra special. It's obviously the edible flowers in there. It's obviously the ice cream, the Neapolitan, but you can do any flavor that you want. It's more about the experience with the family, getting how many ever straws that are there, or, you know, a kid can do, teenagers Mm -hmm. can do that on a Friday night at a slumber Mm -hmm. party and they would love that. So it's just extra fun. Yeah, these really simple, unique ideas, because everyone's got a vase, everyone's got a pitcher usually. Mm -hmm. And so, hey, instead of putting it in the glass, you put it in this other thing, instead of putting your 
dirt cupcake in a plastic cup, you're putting it in this little terracotta pot that kids can take home with them. They could plant something in it later on. So these twists, it's so creative. So we're, what we're talking about is the grace-filled homestead cookbook, Garden Fresh Recipes Celebrating Food, Family, and the Farm. We've only talked about two in the spring. There are so many in here. I've got one that would be really fun with kids, and I don't know how to say the word. I'm going to I've never known how to say the word, so you're going to teach me. Garden art focaccia? Focaccia. Focaccia, yes. I I did pretty good. You did really good. (laughs) This would be a fun one to do with the kids because it's super creative. Yes, yes. And that is, you know, it's a basic bread that's been around a long time. You know, we flavor it up with our different things with, you know, the garlic and the, the flavors in there matter, of course. But the fun piece of this is that you can do this with your family and you take herbs and sliced up peppers and olives and you form flowers. And so like for ours, the flower petals for the sunflower are uh, yellow peppers, or you might have olives as the middle. We do all kinds of different herbs for the grass and the greenery, our yeah. bees. We even put a bee on one of them and it's made out of olives and almond slivers. And so you just, whatever you have in your house at the time, chop it up and let your kids have fun. And you can even really cut this recipe down to six little mini ones or four little mini ones, and each person can have their own. And so it's a lot of fun. I've even heard of, we have a culinary center down in town and they do this for corporate team builders and they give them the dough and they let them all make their own and have some fun with it. And at the end, it's kind of a competition on whose artwork is the best. And so again, it's funny how, and I don't know how your childhood was but with mine it's you know there's always the don't play with your food and you just you know you clean your plate and and don't play around and i'm all about let's play with the food let's make it fun and play with it and enjoy it so um we make some good memories and good traditions too Mm -hmm. everyone wants to start their year off on the right foot and for me that means making sure i'm eating well and have enough energy to do everything i want to do but I'm not going to run to the butcher every day to get a fresh cut of quality meat. That's why Good Chop is such a lifesaver for our family. Good Chop offers fully customizable boxes of high-quality meat and seafood delivered to your door on your schedule. Their products are vacuum-sealed and frozen at peak freshness, so you can stock your freezer and cook when you want. We had a somewhat last-minute get-together recently, and it was so incredibly convenient to just head to the freezer and pull out a couple bags of Good Chops hamburger patties to whip up some burgers quickly. They were so delicious. Besides being delicious, it's important to know it won't cost you a fortune either. Good Chops' price per meal starts at just $3.74. Go to goodchop.com outside120 and use code OUTSIDE120 to get $120 off across your first four boxes. That's code OUTSIDE120 at goodchop.com slash OUTSIDE120 for $120 off. Goodchop.com slash OUTSIDE120, code OUTSIDE120. Eating better is easy with Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just Two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. 
Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. So get started today and get after your goals. Some of the things we love about Factor are their two-minute meals. You can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. Our kids love the pancakes, smoothies, and more. And there's a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, including midday bites. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And remember, to sign up and save, we've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash outside50 and use code outside50 to get 50% off. That's code outside50 at factormeals.com slash outside50 to get 50% off. I love that. I do think that when you read the book, it makes you think about community and it makes you think about parties. Mm -hmm. It's got that twist to it because the things are so unique Mm -hmm. that makes you think like, okay, I would take this to an event or I would take this to a potluck or I would have someone over and I would serve this. Or if we were having a party for my 10 year old, we would make those breads. And what a great idea to give individual ones. And then that's an activity for the party, but also they're eating it. So mm-hmm. great. Right. Does it get <laughs> like any better than that? <laughs> you know, you have a bunch of kids over and you're trying to feed them and also right. come up with activities. So it makes you think that even with your hot cross buns, you know, a lot of people do those around Easter time, but you just, you put a flower on the top. Yes, yeah, and that's the wild violets. And the funny thing about that, I don't grow those. Those We just forage those out in the yard. They're everywhere. We used to think of them as weeds. And I'm like, these are pretty little things. Let's find out if they're edible. And they are, what a concept. <laughs> what a concept. And these pictures, Lana, are just the cutest. Like for this particular one, these hot cross buns, it's like you got a couple that are still in the pan, a couple that are out, and then sprinkled everywhere are all the flowers. (laughs) The creativity in here is so stunningly beautiful. Each picture different than the rest. I can tell you put a lot into this to make it really, really special. Some of the pictures are outside. Some of them are inside. Like, I love it. I appreciate you saying that because that is one of the things. I'm not a photographer. I just have an iPhone. That was one of the shockers going into this. I had no idea how hard it was to take food photography. I think in my past books, I take pictures of goats and flowers. And, you know, how can you get that wrong? It's Mm -hmm. perfection every time, right? Because they're so, so cute. And so food is a whole different beast when it comes to photography. So I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, I just absolutely love it. And I've got one of our daughters in particular loves cookbooks. And so she loves to look through and this one just makes everything so inviting. We'll do one more in the spring. Look, I know I got so stuck. <laughs> <laughs> spring is a fun one. It's a fun one. But all the all the seasons were like that because, like I said, my plan was, well, was this you know one recipe, and then I was like, oh, I I cannot narrow it down. <laughs> but this wild flower cake is stunning. Yeah, yeah. And it is. It's so and it's so delicious, too. It's so good. And it's it's one of those. uh, Again, it's kind of a basic cake. It's really, really yummy and moist inside. But a lot of it is the outside. It's you know, we we just go and pick wildflowers that we have that are edible and we put them on there. And, you know, they're usually smaller. And so it's not, you know, so overwhelming. And a lot of times you kind of have to talk people through like, it's edible. It's okay. <laughs> You're going to survive this if, if they're new to 
edible flowers. Um, but again, it's just adding those extra things on there just makes it extra special. You will survive. <laughs> yeah, you will. You're you're tough. You can handle it. You've been here before. <laughs> and in this, you have different fun drink ideas too in each of the seasons. So this one had, I mean, even just to have lavender ice cubes. How fun is that? Yes, so simple, so simple. And a lot of times I'll go out whenever, especially if it's a busy season and I don't have time to make the three recipes I really want to that week. A lot of times I'll just grab those flowers, put them in ice cubes, put water in them, freeze them. And then again, you know, it's just, can is it really make a big difference? But it just makes the drink feel a little bit extra special. And you can use that in January or February when there's snow on the ground and you're still enjoying what you had, you know, outside when it was nice. Yeah, what a cool idea. And by making something a little extra special, you make the people around you feel a little extra special. And that is the truth. Yes. So just so many fun recipes for the spring. That could be done any time of the year, but really special to have some of these ones in the spring. I love hash brown casserole, so I love that that one was in there too. Mm. And just awesome. I actually, yes. you know, I like I said, I got, I'm going to say one more. Because <laughs> there was the, the fruit pizza, I mean, <laughs> and there's desserts, there's salads, melon and cucumber salad. So there's so much in here. The fresh fruit breakfast pizza is beautiful. This is really fun. Yeah. And that's one, you know, I would love to bring this up because it's so that one is such a good a story that people can take because we had this on vacation we rounded up all four kiddos and decided this is going to be our one trip to you know wyoming and yellowstone and all this this was years ago we were staying at a place they gave us breakfast pizza and we loved it the kid i was embarrassed the kids like wiped the whole thing out uh before we could even it was a bed and breakfast and I, the other guests i don't even think they got any because i was so embarrassed i was like we actually have fed them this week i don't know why they're <laughs> eating all this so we came home and we tweaked the recipe. Their recipe, I think it had like a croissant type pizza crust almost. And we're like, yeah, no, we're gonna make it a cookie, wow. a sugar cookie crust. And so we just, we found something we liked, but then we tweaked it. Of course, we add more sugar <laughs> to it, um, but we make it something that we like even better. And so, you know, that's the joy of this. It's one of the weird things about this whole process because I had never really thought about doing a cookbook, but I am now so glad that I have this to pass yeah. down to the kiddos. And I really would encourage every single person to do a cookbook. Of course, you know, of course we want you to buy this one, but take recipes, tweak them, make them your own and document them for your kids. So you can go back and say, one of the things this forced me to do, because I'm, you know, I love cooking. We're all about the food over here, but just like any family, you know, I'm like, I don't know, did I put one teaspoon of salt in there or two? I'm just throwing stuff in and, you know, it tastes different probably every single time. So this kind of forced me to document it and get our recipes down. But it's also nice because now I'm I'm a little older than you. My kiddos are just on the back end of it. So my youngest is in college. Um, they're starting to move out and have their own families. And now I can mm. hand them this and they can take it to the fire station and cook it at the fire station or they can cook it for their in-laws or whatever. And it's, and it's mm. documented. And so it's one of those that I really encourage everyone to do this document. And there's so many different 
you know, you can just make Word docs, um, you can handwrite them out, which is extra special, but just pass on those traditions of whatever your, like I put in a couple of grandma's recipes in here just so my kids know it because once they pass, is it documented anywhere? So I really encourage people to do that, whether they get it published or they just do it on their own. It's so, so valuable for the family. Wow. Yeah, that's a brilliant idea. You know, years back, I made one on like um, a photo, like a shutterfly type thing, like a photo book. So yeah. I did it for mm -hmm. my mom and my mother-in-law for Mother's Day or something like that. I took our daughter, oh, her so name is Vivian, special. so it was called like Cooking with Chef Vivi or something, and she was like three. So it was photos of her cooking in the oh. kitchen and a couple of our favorite recipes. So yeah, you're right, there's all sorts of ways that you can do it. Genius, that's genius. I like to find that yes. now and again, and it's real cute to look back. So yeah, everyone can make a little cookbook that honors their family and their family traditions, yes. and you can make that. What a cool gift for the holidays. Yes, oh, absolutely. Yeah, and there are so many technologies out there that make it so easy for you to document your own, mm -hmm. imprint them, or send it through an yeah. email on a PDF or however, but it's just such, I mean, like what you made for your family on Mother's Day, that is priceless. I mean, absolutely priceless. And you need to, you know, pull that out at her wedding. And, you know, that those are just moments that you can't get back and they are priceless. We spend so much time and energy on material things and making moments and vacations and all this, but a lot of times it's right here in our head and we just need to get it out. And I, I just think it's so valuable and important. That's a great idea, especially this time of year. Okay, let's move on to summer. You talk about a summer in the Midwest, a lot of barbecues, a lot of potlucks. Oh yes. Which potlucks seem to have gone mm -hmm out of style but i remember loving potlucks when i was yeah kid. do they still do them in kansas city oh yes they do yes yeah and you get the best of mm -hmm. everybody's household when when they all bring a dish they're all trying to one-up each other and i'm here <laughs> for it so <laughs> it is you get the you get the goodness there it's it's wonderful and yeah a lot of times with the barbecues you know it's whoever's having it does the barbecue and then everyone else brings the sides and de dessert and um you know here in kansas city we have certain different barbecues and everyone, you know, it's, it's, it's gets heated more than politics when you're discussing what the, the best barbecue <laughs> sauce is, but it is, um, it's a lot of fun. We love our barbecue and we're all about the tailgating, you know, here with the chiefs. And so it's a lot of fun. Oh, how fun. I love that. So summer, this time of potlucks and grilling and smokers and all these type of things. And you have in this one, I had never even seen anything like it. It was this drink, Patriot Punch, and it's layered. Oh, yes. It's like ombre. Yes, it is such a fun one. And you can do, a lot of times we'll do it in the big, huge drink dispenser for you know a, a bunch of people um, but you can also make it in single glasses and it really is it's kind of a science project too for your homeschooling this this might be a good good activity too because it's based on the layers of the sugar content and so for that one the patriot punch it and you can do it for any different color combination but we do red white and blue for that one because it's you know around the fourth of july 
you just do it based on the sugar content. And so the blue Gatorade has a different sugar content than the cranberry juice that has a different sugar content than, you know, the diet Sprite or, or whatever that lemon lime is. And so it's just a lot of fun. Everybody loves it. And it's as simple as it gets. And they just suspend there. And it's so pretty. Lana, they yes. just these different colors. Like it's like, yeah. oh, the blue to the light blue. I mean, it's gorgeous. So if we're talking about recipes like that, which work well for if you're in America, like the Labor Day, Fourth of July type things like that. Then you also had a really cool chocolate cheesecake. Mm, yes, yeah, yeah. And that one was called. My grandma used to call it Robert Redford for some <laughs> for some reason. I never understood that one, but um, and it's just so delicious. It's a lot of pudding and whipped cream and cream cheese, and then we just layered the top with fruit in mm -hmm. a flag you know, kind of formation there just to make it extra special, but you can make it any time of the year and, and skip the fruit and it's still delicious. So what a cool one. You've got popsicles in this one, which is such a great one for summer. People are always talking about homemade popsicles. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really just as simple as pouring some lemonade or whatever your favorite drink is at the time we would throw some fruit in some edible flowers and you're good to go. And again, that's one of those simple things like you put a little slice of kiwi in there or an edible flower and the kids just think it's worth a million bucks. Yeah, they're so pretty with those slices of kiwis. Sometimes when you cut into a citrus, it is wild how pretty it is in there. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. And it's all those simple, simple things. I mean, that's really what this whole book is about is just keeping it simple mm -hmm. you know do throwing a few little extras in there but they have to be simple or you're not going to do it <laughs> mm -hmm. and just you really see like okay this little slice of kiwi in there with all the seeds and the array is so pretty in this frozen popsicle and it just reminds you that look it doesn't have to be anything that's huge the shrimp boil which i've never done but i have a friend who does it and she lives in virginia it's such a cool thing it's like you can like lay out maybe like butcher paper and then put the food mm -hmm. all down the middle. What a fun way to mm -hmm. have a meal. Yeah. And the beauty of the beauty of a lot of this is it's a one pot meal. So, wow. God bless it. You don't have to do a lot of cleanup. Mm -hmm. And then you're sitting there eating it off of butcher paper. So there's no dishes at the end. I mean, does it get any better than that? It's just, you know, it's as good as it gets. It's a fun idea. I've seen people do that with nachos, you know, just like right down the center. Mm -hmm. And that, so yes. I, I really like that. So awesome ideas for the summer. Smoothie bowls. I mean, they're so pretty. Uh, baked beans. Baked beans are my daughter's like favorite food. That's what she says. My oldest daughter. They are delicious. Yes. Awesome things in this summer one. The ladybug caprice mini salad. I mean, I'm so cute. It's Isn't that cute? It's that's another one that is just so so simple. It's the easiest thing ever, and you know, you sit it down, and even the kids that might not ever eat a tomato, they want to eat a tomato if it looks like a ladybug. So yeah, I mean, how many times have you had a Capri salad? I've never had it that looks like a ladybug. So right. so many fantastic ideas in the summer section. We just went on a five day rafting trip down the green river in moab utah and they mm. did they did all the cooking it was really cool through this moab adventure center and every night there was dessert and one of the nights was a pineapple upside down cake and so i was mm. so thrilled to see that this was in here because we've actually never made it and uh, my daughter vivian just loved that so i was like oh we're gonna have to do that she's gonna be so excited to try that one 
That's a good one. And that was one of my mom's recipes. And just, you know, I grew up um, not on a farm in a normal neighborhood, you know, riding my bikes and all that type of stuff. And my mom's pineapple upside down recipe was the hit of the neighborhood. I mean, she was asked to bring that a lot and um, it's delicious. So I was really excited to, to get that one in there. Isn't that a neat thing? Like what you're known for? Yes, it is. It is. If people ask you to bring that thing. I love that. Actually, we have a friend, she made these like smashed potatoes for a party one time. Mm. So then everyone asked her to bring those every time. Yeah, I love that. You got to have your things that you're known for. Grilled peaches mm. are in this one. Beautiful things for the summer. And then we're right on the cusp of fall here. And I love to seeing the stew inside of the pumpkin. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's it's a standard steak soup that, you know, it, it has the big chunks of meat and you could you could make it with chicken, you could make it with pork, whatever. Ours is ours is beef, but all the potatoes and carrots and the normal things that would go in a stew, but it's actually cooked in a pumpkin. And again, it's the same thing. The kids just think that I have adult children that are like, okay, it's fall. When are we doing the, the pumpkin stew? <laughs> and I'm like, wow. they're, you know, they act like they're still five and they're begging for a certain type of meal, but it is a family, you know, at least once or twice every season in the fall, we have this steak soup in a pumpkin and it's, you know, it's just as simple as normal steak soup. It's just mm -hmm. cooked in a pumpkin. It's so fun. You just do those extra twists and you can see how those traditions just stick. They bring everyone together. It helps people move through the year and to get excited about the next thing. Because I do think sometimes too, you could be bummed. Like I'm always bummed summer's over, mm -hmm. oh, but yes. it's fun to have these other things to look forward to that you know are coming. And if it centers around food, even all the better. So steak stew and a pumpkin, your pumpkin pie, that you made, which would be so great going into the holiday season, is so beautiful with the cranberries on it. Yeah, and they're just, they're simple sugared cranberries. It's a very easy thing to do, but it just takes the recipe up a notch. And surprisingly, cranberries are really good. Who knew? <laughs> they are, I think I grew up just thinking they were disgusting. Um, I wasn't ever a fan of cranberry juice and oh my goodness, sugared cranberries are absolutely delicious. So um, mm -hmm. definitely try that one. And that top of the pie is so pretty. I think like, you know, sometimes you see the lattice, I'm like, oh, that's a lot of work. People do these different things, but you put those little cranberries with a couple little cutouts of leaves or something with your dough. And it's just a beautiful pie that you could take to any holiday celebration. You have throughout the fall one, obviously all the things like pumpkin spice muffins, mm -hmm. the stuffed squash. So these are your quintessential feel good about the fall type recipes, apple fritters. Mm -hmm. And it really does just make you excited about that coming season. They very much feel like fall. Mm -hmm. They're all cozy and, and have those cozy spices in them. They, yeah, there's a fun, that's a really fun chapter. And I love, you know, we've got the picture of your sweet goat wearing flowers and there's beautiful pumpkins. <laughs> little pumpkin, that's her name, it was pumpkin. <laughs> oh, and there's little pumpkins in the background. So just beautiful, we're heading into the fall here. I have been looking for simple ways to form healthy habits and get the nutrients my body needs when my immune system feels unsupported. And that's why. I decided to give AG1 a try. 
Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics and more, but it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. And it makes me feel nourished and ready to face the day. As a parent, longevity is on my mind more than ever before. I want to make sure I'm taking really good care of myself so I can continue to show up for the moments that matter with my kids. Every day, AG1 helps me build long-term health with daily nutrients that support brain, gut, and immune health. All it takes is one scoop a day, and I'm setting myself up for the long run. AG1 is a supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash 1000. That's drinkag1.com slash 1000. Check it out. When the skies open up while others seek shelter, I embrace the rain. Heading to my favorite hike, the raindrops are like a soothing melody, and my vessies ensure each step is dry and comfortable, turning a simple outing into a rather delightful experience. Whenever my kids and I are stepping into a great outdoors adventure, I love wearing Vessi's Stormburst boots to capture the beauty of springtime landscapes. Their robust style is perfect for our nature excursions, adding a little dash of elegance to our outdoor explorations. This spring, transform how you view wet weather with Vessi. Their Dymatex technology makes their shoes not just waterproof, but a stylish barrier against rain and puddles. Whether it's a sudden downpour or a planned seaside walk, Vessi shoes ensure your feet stay dry and comfortable. Embrace the essence of spring with Vessi. From chic city walks to adventurous treks, find the perfect pair for your lifestyle at Vessi.com outside and enjoy an automatic 15% off your first order upon checkout. That's V-E-S-S-I dot com slash outside for 15% off your first order. Awesome recipes in there. And then the winter gingerbread forest cake Mm, has got to be the cutest thing I have ever seen in my life. Yeah, yeah, it is. And it's really, really yummy. It's kind of a a take on the gingerbread cookies. So it has the, it's a cake, but it has the gingerbread flavors and, you know, just the icing. And on top, we just sugared some rosemary to look like little trees. And uh, it's really easy stuff. Just those little touches make it so much fun. I mean, they sure do look like trees. They Man, look like so trees. Cute. But it's just sugared rosemary. Yeah. Gingerbread forest cake. I mean, that stopped me in my tracks. I've got kids that love hot chocolate. We always buy the packets. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was really cool that you had stovetop hot cocoa in here. Like how you make it from scratch. Yeah. And, and that's the surprising thing. Again, I grew up with boxed brownies and, you know, all the stuff just, you know, out of the pantry and come to find out all this stuff from scratch is really just as easy. (laughs) You have all the ingredients, you know, if you have sugar and flour and, you know, cocoa, a lot of it is just simple and it tastes so much better. Uh, And it's just a handful of ingredients. Most of those recipes 
I'm finding. It's just crazy. <laughs> and how fun. How fun to make it. You talk about this is a great when there's ice storms or you lose electricity, you're hunkered down, you need something warm so you can make your stovetop hot cocoa. And just, Lana, the pictures are so adorable. We've got the little candy canes in there. Each one is just delightful. This jam over goat cheese is brilliant. Oh, that is probably my favorite thing in the entire book. The goat cheese, you know, I'm of course I love my goat cheese, but that jam, because it has the spiciness to it, the strawberry, but it has some peppers in it. Um, and so mm -hmm. it's just, I'm not a super, I, my, all the boys in my family are love the hot spicy type of stuff. And I'm kind of like, I like a little bit of heat, but not a lot. This one, the spice is just right on point and it is so, so delicious. Funny enough, we took this in little containers. We did several events mm. for the last book and I would bring little goat cheese and I brought this jelly. And of course we're selling the book. And yeah. I kid you not, probably a hundred people one night were like, are you selling this jelly? And I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm the dumb one. I should be selling <laughs> jelly and not a book, right? <laughs> Oh my goodness. Everyone that tasted it was like, this is amazing. We want to buy it. That's so neat. And then you learn how to make it in the process. Yes. It's simple. Oh, it's very simple. Yes. Super easy. And again, yeah. if you didn't grow strawberries, you can do, you can buy a bag of frozen strawberries at the grocery store mm -hmm. and, and do it with frozen or, you know, make your own. If you have to buy pre-made strawberry jam and add some spice to it, do it that way. I mean, I'm all about yeah. the hacks. And when life is busy and you want to focus on something with your kids and going outside or going to a sporting event or something like that, by all means, take all the hacks you can. You know, if you have mm -hmm. to buy store-bought, do that and mix and match. Just make it easy so mm -hmm. your family feels the joy and not the stress of the cooking. <laughs> right. You know, I was thinking about because we're heading into some sports seasons, I was looking at these recipes with the thought of what are some of the things that I could bring along? And like, that's one that you could bring along. Oh, you, yeah. know, you bring along some a bunch of different kinds of crackers. You've got your cheese, you've got your jam. It's easy to put out on some sort of a dish or the kids can grab. So a lot of different things like that, that you could easily bring along with you or could, or you could whip up pretty quickly in those busy fall and winter nights. Well, even your charcuterie board yeah. has got, see, you always have this special little things. It's got pepperoni roses mm -hmm. yep and those are super easy to make you just kind of put them on a on a glass on the rim and kind of fold it around and um who doesn't like pepperoni roses <laughs> yeah, this is a beautiful charcuterie board so a lot of ideas that could be quick or that you could take along with you and if you're going to any sort of holiday parties these are just beautiful the brownie trifle bowl mm -hmm. is beautiful in here and then I never thought about putting pomegranates on Brussels sprouts. Yes, yeah. And and you and I didn't realize either till a few years ago. You can eat the whole thing and they're they kind of add a little bit of crunch. It's really, really delicious. It just brings a little bit of sweetness to it. Mm-hmm. What do you mean you can eat the whole thing? You can eat the whole little seed. So people think that they have to kind of put the little seed in and suck off the juice and then discard the seed oh, but you don't yeah. have to you can um mm -hmm. you can eat the whole seed there and it's so pretty it just makes it it's like then it's green and red so it's so pretty for the holidays so so many beautiful ones in here the no need dinner rolls obviously is just a great addition for anyone to have in their arsenal because that can go with any type of meal mm -hmm. and then you end this one 
with your pharmacy, but pharmacy mm. is is F A R M pharmacy. So, <laughs> yep. Lana, tell us about that. What's what are some things that are in your pharmacy? Oh, that if I had to pick one chapter, that's my favorite. Of course, I love the spring because it has all the edible flowers and all that all that stuff in it. But the final chapter, apothecary pantry, where we talk about our pharmacy in there. Um, it is by far my favorite. I was like, I could do the whole book on just this topic because it's really, you know, stocking your house, even if it's a small corner, you know, you could do this in an apartment. You don't have to have a big kitchen to, to have mm -hmm. this apothecary pantry. But in that we do sourdough starter, which is really simple. People think that they have to go on Amazon or go to some farm store and buy the starter, but you can make it in seven days, you'll have your own. And, uh, you know, it's very simple. People make that so complex. And I am at heart kind of a rule breaker. So I don't do the measurements in grams and I, I use metal utensils. I break all the rules and it still works. <laughs> So mine, I've tried to completely simplify it because that sourdough thing can get very complex. So that's in there. Um, kombucha tea, which is really fun. Um, that's a good one in there too. We love um, all of the things for natural health. We're kind of trying to transition a little bit more into that. And so there's some fire cider in there, a recipe. And, you know, it's interesting finding out that some of these things in, the, you know, grandma's recipe for this thing we used to make fun of her about, some of this stuff <laughs> is like the main ingredient in Tamiflu or, you know, there's just a lot that we could mm. be trying. I'm not against, you know, medicine or any of that. I mean, if you know my story, I'm all about, I've had a major surgery and I wouldn't have survived life without it. So I'm mm -hmm. all about all of you know going through whatever you need medically but there are so many natural remedies that we could try first um and you know like right now my husband and it, this is not in the book but he's got this tincture that's just disgusting <laughs> but it um you know it's turmeric and it's anti-inflammatory and i'll tell you what he has not had an ibuprofen in a year it works and it's you know some of these things sound a little kooky but these natural remedies that a lot of times are already in your pantry and you just put them together they really make a difference and so we have some syrups in there we talk about drying herbs and all kinds of fun stuff but yeah that chapter is probably my favorite out of all of them mm -hmm. i love this one and you do you make it simple the sourdough starter like i think oh yeah i gotta go on etsy if i want to get this something and it comes in the mail and yeah it's it can be tricky to figure out but i just talked to dan butner who is the guy who founded the Blue Zones Foundation. He's written all these books about longevity and mm -hmm. sourdough is one of the things. It it's really is. It really is. Yes, it's very health, so much healthy. I love that you simplified it. It's two pages. You know, I've got mm -hmm. whole books on it. You know, yeah. you're like, look, no, I can. Yeah. <laughs> Let's keep it simple. Mm -hmm. Same with the kombucha. Same thing, that, yeah. I think that's another one that can be pretty overwhelming. So that's in here, the elderberry syrup, make your own. It's so much mm -hmm. cheaper. Yeah. And then you know what's in it. And I think a lot of these things, I'm with you, like they really help. Sometimes they take a little bit longer, but mm -hmm. I know friends who like, you know, they can't get over such and such and they're not feeling well and they 
they just cannot and nothing's making a difference. And then they try one of these things and it really hits the spot. It just great things at the end of this book in the pharmacy. So, so Lana, you did it. I mean, it's a stunning book. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And it feels so good to, you know, get it out there, get it out into the world. And more importantly, you know, get it out there to my family. So they, mm -hmm. you know, they're the ones that have been eating all of this food all along. And so it's nice to kind of get it down and documented. Well, yeah. And you got a, a grandbaby that will be eating it. You've got your daughter, uh, mm -hmm. your daughter-in-law. So that's a really fun thing too. Yeah. So that you have this tradition that passes down through the different generations. Because if you talked about your great grandma Rose, and then mm -hmm. you're talking about a grandbaby. Yes, yeah, and we just had our second grandbaby and oh. little, you know, baby Walker, Walker, Walker Daisy, and she's just the most precious thing ever. And so it is, it becomes more important. And, you know, like I said, I think everyone should document their personal recipes mm -hmm. uh, for their family and get it down and make traditions. And, you know, when we were talking about uh, some of the family traditions earlier, I know I've heard from some people that just had a really rough childhood or they don't have a tight knit family and stories to pass on to the next generation or recipes to pass on. Now's the time to start making those traditions. And they, and if you don't have a big family around you, grab a couple of friends and say, okay, every year at this time, we're going to go to the pumpkin patch and we're going to get mm -hmm. some apple cider and we're going to do this and make a new tradition and then bring them home and make a recipe. And so now is the time. And if you don't have this background of traditions, you can start it today and mm -hmm. start making those special memories with the people that you love. Because really, if you think about it at the end of the day, all the material things, the houses, the trips, and all that goes away. But if you have memories, if you've made memories on that trip, if you had memories sitting around a campfire outside eating some wars or whatever it is that you're doing, those relationships are all that really matters in the end, right? If you love Jesus and you have good relationships and memories, that's all that matters. And so we're just, you know, with this book, we're just trying to push that message out and hoping that families will will catch on and, and make some of those own memories of their own. Mm -hmm. And food facilitates so much of that, helps you move through the season. So what an absolutely beautiful cookbook, one of my favorites, The Grace-Filled Homestead Cookbook, Garden Fresh Recipes Celebrating Food, Family, and the Farm by Lana Stenner. A fantastic one to add to your own cookbook shelf or to give as a gift. Always beautiful gifts. You sent this one and it was so pretty. Lana, you had a, just a bow around it with a, sp a little spoon. I mean, mm -hmm. what a cute gift. You know, you could yeah. get that for all, for your coworkers or for your group of girlfriends or whatever that is. It would just be a perfect thing for them. So I absolutely loved it. People can find you on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. You're a TikTok <laughs> grandma. <That's> <laughs> I <laughs> am. <laughs> Who knew? And it's actually totes. It's my goat that actually people go there for. They don't go there for me. <laughs> well, I love the name of it. It's Lana Stenner and Goat Gang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're really there for the goats, not me. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. So TikTok, Pinterest, and then, like I said, you have your Graceville Grit podcast where you have so many awesome guests in talking about slow living, how to stop the hustle. Are you at liberty to tell us what the next project is or is that oh, still under wraps? Oh, oh, what a good question. Yes. So we are 
knee deep in the next book and it's all about charcuterie boards and so it's farm fresh charcuterie boards and when you were talking about coming up on sporting events with your kiddos oh my goodness i the last one i just did is like my favorite and it is getting an, a tackle box not an old tackle box but a new fishing tackle box mm -hmm. and filling it they call it a um uh what are we, snackle what are we calling it? Snackle box, Snackle. Snackle box, yes. <laughs> and so we filled it with all kinds of cheeses and snacks and candies and stuff, but that you can just pack along to your sporting events uh, and take all the goodies with you. So it's a lot of fun. I cannot wait, Lana. You just come out with the most beautiful books. They're so delightful. I really appreciate your time. I can't wait for people to pick this up. And I can't wait to do some of these with our own kids. I'll make sure I tag you in the ones that we make. Oh, yes. They're just so exciting. I just got it and then we were out of town. So I haven't had a chance to actually do some of them yet, but as soon as I do, I'll make sure I tag you and I can't wait to share this. Thank you for coming on and spending this time with us. Thanks for having me. It's been a joy. Real truth alert, pregnancy, birth, and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were. But the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist, Dr. Katayun Kayani, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom in Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health, which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. All of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health.